everyone. Welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host. And today, Courtney Bueller is joining me on the show. And she's going to be talking about all things Sugar Lash and some of the new exciting things that she's doing currently. I hope that you guys enjoy the episode. And if you're listening, make sure to tag Lash Boss Radio and also Sugar Lash Pro on Instagram and let us know. All right, Courtney. So what year did you first enter the lash industry? I'm awful with years, but I entered it when I was 19 years old. So that is 11 years ago. Oh my goodness. So when you first started out, where did you see yourself going with this industry? Did you have these big dreams and plans or what did you want it to bring your life? You know, honestly, when I first started, I just wanted it to be a a part-time thing. And uh, I wanted it for the same reasons a lot of people want it, which is just kind of being your own boss and the flexibility of that. I was a a single mom at that point. And so before that, I was working retail jobs and Mm -hmm. um, managing like American Eagles and Gaps and that kind of stuff, which was great. And I loved it. I thrive in sales atmospheres, but uh, it was lots of weekends and lots of evenings. And so I kind of, I kind of bailed hard. The day that I was supposed to go back from maternity leave, I just froze. I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And I, I just no-showed, which was awful. But I decided then, okay, I need to obviously do something with more flexible hours. And I had, I had just gotten my lashes done probably like four months prior to that. My mom had texted me and said, eyelash extensions are a thing because no one knew it was a thing that we need to go. And so I went and um, got mine done and fell in love and, and was the weirdo that was probing my lash artist like way too much asking her the weirdest questions about curls and coverage and how much glue do you use and how does it all work and she was like oh my goodness just stop asking me questions and go (laughs) to the course and so I did that's how I got into it okay and do you mind if I ask like what was your first lash course or yeah no it was it was I won't name names just because legal stuff but yeah um, my first lash course was it was just an afternoon it was just I, I showed up and I didn't really know what to expect. I mean, I knew what to expect a little bit because I had asked my lash artist so many questions mm-hmm. and she had let me kind of practice on her mannequin head, mm-hmm. like after my appointment one time, which in hindsight is super weird. Like who would do that with a client? <laughs> yeah. But she did. So she was a little gem in my life. And so I just showed up to this course and I think it was like 600 bucks and you got a little kit and we basically just worked on a mannequin head for like 15 minutes just to isolate the lashes. And then our model showed up and we just lashed them and that was it so in our course they didn't teach us anything about first of all they didn't teach us anything about sanitation which Mm -hmm. in Canada we don't need to be estheticians to do lashes so with that said you really need to be teaching that in every course that you're teaching whether it's nails or lashes or whatever you need to be teaching the proper sanitation and that stuff but more importantly what impacted me more so was that they never taught us about weight of the lashes. And so I only exclusively used for the beginning of my career 0.25 on people. And I was like proud of it. I was like, (laughs) I'm going to give you the thickest, fullest lashes, which I did. But then, you know, six months, I'm like, why are my clients balding? And so that was kind of my education in a nutshell. Yeah. And I I see a lot of times on forums when new artists ask, what is a way that my sets can look more full? And it's odd, but it, or it's backwards to think of it this way. But I think using thinner diameters for classic, especially, it ends up looking more full versus like the thick ones. They end up looking a little bit gappy or spacey because they're kind of taking up more room in between each lash, if that makes sense. But 
I'm so glad the industry has kind of evolved and like people now know like, hey, you should actually be using 0.15, 0.12s um, at the most, like 0.18, I think. But Agreed. There was a lot of trial and error at the beginning. <laughs> yes. So first, uh, do you still talk to that lash artist that you originally went to? No, no. She was with one of the, the kind of big companies at the time. Oh, I and so I think when I became a competitor, it was not so friendly. Anymore. Oh, I see. Oh my gosh. But so, <laughs> that said, I have no hurt feelings. I, yeah. I'm still very grateful for her and stuff. And it's, you know, it's a, it is an unfortunate thing where you, when you get into competition with people, that stuff kind of changes a little bit. And I think that that's the culture that's that I, I try to avoid with Sugar Lash Pro. And we can just be grateful no matter what company you're affiliated with. And so right. I think that was, that was a big culture thing for me because I was on the receiving end. Mm-hmm. of some negativity of doing my own thing and so I try really hard to just support people no matter what company they choose to be affiliated with. Yeah, I think I see that more often now where people are advocating more for this type of community versus competition or collaboration versus competition type of feel and it's cool that that's kind of taking wind, but I know that you owned a salon, was that in Edmonton? Am I right? Yep. That yeah. is in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Yep. That was so, my, so I started home base and then moved into a commercial salon. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people in this industry aspire to own a salon one day and very few people actually do it or even know what it requires. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like owning a salon and like the steps that you had to take to do that or like struggles that you faced you know, running it, like how involved were you in the day-to-day and such? Yeah, totally. Well, when I started, I never had any intention of even hiring one staff member. It was only because I was drowning in the demand. So I was booked like three months out and I was working 60 hour work weeks. And that wasn't why I got into the business. I just got into the business so I could work part-time and have the flexibility. And then all of a sudden, right off the bat, kind of my flexibility was, I felt like it was like taken away mm-hmm. and uh, I was like enslaved to my business. And so I decided, okay, well, I'm going to hire my first staff member. And so I did. My first staff hire was awful. Caught her like smoking in my basement <laughs> and, uh, just some shady, shady things. And so my first hire was very quickly my first fire, which mm-hmm. was even harder. Mm-hmm. And then my second one was good. And then from there, I hired, we had five staff out of my basement, which was so illegal. But I had a really cute setup. Yeah. I had like my little debit and visa machine and I had all that stuff, which at that mm-hmm. time was super weird, I think, to have a home-based business that was that professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily for me, the move to a commercial space was quite easy because it was such an organic growth and we already had the income and we already had all that stuff to be able to transition mm-hmm. commercially. So at that point, when we moved commercial, then that was the time that I decided to work more on the business and less in the business. I think I only did lashes out of the salon for about a month while I transitioned everyone off onto my staff. But yeah, so there's been a lot, a lot, and I still every day, there's lessons that I'm learning and there's things that I do wrong. And that's why we started the Accelerator Program, which is our kind of our flagship course with Sugar Lash Pro. And that teaches all of the lessons that I've learned along the way of owning a lash business and hiring and firing and all of that stuff um, mm-hmm. to be successful in a commercial space. And so that's really the program that teaches people if, you know, if they want to own a salon, how to get there. 
So what do you feel like are some of the most common questions or struggles that you see artists going through that end up taking the accelerator program that you guys kind of help them um, get through? Well, I think for a lot of people, they, they have audacious goals about owning a salon, but they don't know how to scale it properly. And so how do you move from being a solo lash artist and actually providing the service to people to then working on your business instead of in it? It's really hard for a lot of people to grasp. Um, and then there's a transitioning client, the clients that love you and that know you. And then all of a sudden they're upset that you're, you know, going to be hiring someone else and they're going to get right. moved on to that. So I find that that's the, that's the hardest part for people to get past, but we've laid that out. And then I think the other thing is just how do I get enough demand to warrant hiring staff or to warrant being commercial? And so the main things that Accelerator focuses on is we help people develop a really, really unique um, brand to them. So like we're all doing lashes, but how are we going to differentiate our, the whole experience to be unique to each customer and, and what client are we going to attract? Cause we shouldn't all be attracting the same one. We should all be trying to attract a different kind of niche in the pool of potential clients and um, setting yourself up, even, even your menu, the way that you talk to your clients, the way that you, the music you play in your lounge, your logo, your palette and colors you bring into your decor and your website. It all needs to be so different than those people around you to set yourself up for thriving, thriving lash business. Yeah. And you guys have enrollment periods like twice a year, I believe. Yeah, we started just doing it once a year and the demand has been so huge that we've opened it up now to twice a year. We have a spring intake and we have a fall intake. So I believe it's opening up again in April, April or May. Don't quote me on that, but, but sometime around there. And then again, it'll be in October, November of this year. Nice. But it's a nine month course. So that's why we only do it twice right here because we really want to like hold people's hands and walk through them at each stage and it's nice when people are kind of at the same stage together so yes. you're like in the forum looking at everybody's new logos and their new palette and giving yeah. them ideas and it's a really cool supportive group that we have with that program yeah so it kind of like prevents people from falling through the cracks and it keeps people accountable because everyone's kind of working on the same things each time that's really cool so back in the day sugar lash started with a completely different feel it had there was like pink and there and all of your photo shoots were kind of like candy themed and it was really fun and and everything and then I feel like now it's kind of just elevated and evolved and it's almost like a grown-up version of Sugar Lash and I just kind of want to know like why did you like why did you feel that was necessary or, or why did you completely change the branding and everything Totally. Well, I think originally what I did when I started Sugar Lash was when I got into it and decided to do it, it, it was the main players were very, very corporate feeling. And I wanted to be really like anti-corporate, which is kind of funny because we're quite corporate now, but I wanted it to be feminine and I wanted it to be fun and, and all that stuff. But if you know me at all, I hate pink, like with a passion, I hate it. So it was just fun. It was like, I created a brand for what I thought that people wanted mm -hmm. instead of like what was a reflection of me or what I was passionate about. And it was fine. I don't have any regrets about it. It, it yeah. was, it was different and it was something new in the industry. And I do think that that branding, even though looking back on it now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, what was I thinking? <laughs> it was enough to get it noticed and kind of get it a good heads up, I guess, and yeah. get it noticed in the industry. And so the first year, yeah, it was kind of about shaking it up. And then 
from there we've we've honestly done like I think four or five logo revisions yeah and now I don't see that logo going anywhere I think that's the one that's going to stick for a while Mm -hmm. although we're always changing our campaigns and and all of that stuff but yeah I'm really really happy with the brand now but it's taken a while to get there yeah for sure I I think I remember y'all's second logo too like was it I want to say it was just gold like there was like yeah like that stamp for a while there was like a kind of like a feel yeah we still doing that and now actually I can't even I don't want to say too much but we're redoing the packaging on everything this year and so you'll see a lot of new developments and you'll see things that we've never seen in the last industry before so I'm beyond excited for 2019. Yeah well so we kind of talked about how salon owners and artists should have their ideal client or like their little niche markets and be different for Sugar Lash. Do you guys have an ideal artist or? We, we do. And that artist, she's, she's a little bit older. She's more refined. She's the one that she really does care about, like the labels on the clothes she wears and she wants to be polished at all times. Um, but she's also busy and mm-hmm. she's the one that is flying around the world lashes on private jets with celebrities or backstage at fashion shows and she's prepping you know the world's influencers and celebrities and uh, also works as a makeup artist and so that's kind of our ideal client that's our avatar we call her and who we build the business for that's so cool I don't hear that one a lot like I don't even see other companies their vibe and their feel and their look like it just looks completely different y'all's even y'all's manuals it it don't they look like magazines is that kind of what they're modeled after yeah totally because we we really want to be like I mean the whole brand is very fashion influenced I'd say like we are a beauty brand and I love beauty but I think I love fashion more and I want to be like the Vogue's and I want to be like the Tom Ford of the lash world and and Mm -hmm. be a little bit more serious and be a little bit more fashion and a little bit um edgier Mm-hmm. Say, yes. Um, pushing boundaries. And so we really do try and do that without being super in your face. But I don't know if you saw our last campaign, we, we featured our male model and it was super, super fun. I like pushing the, pushing the, it literally looked like it could be on TV. And I, yeah, like that's, that was really cool. So I hope to see more I, stuff like that from y'all. I cried over that one. Oh, so no, it's good. It was just, it was a huge set. We had, I think we had like 25 people on that set. It was our biggest one ever. And uh, it was super intensive. We had all of our educators, our amazing educators, lash those models and match them all really individually and whatever. And it all came together super well. So it's emotional. Those are my babies. The campaigns are always my babies and they always will be. So when, when a campaign launches, like how long is that process of getting it from your head? Like when you first start thinking about it to it's fully produced and it's on Instagram and, and everywhere. Like how long is that whole process? I think on average, it would probably be about three months. And I mean, I had that, we called that the high lash society bougie shoot internally. Mm-hmm. And that was, we always call ourselves high lash society. And I had this idea, like who is high lash society? Cause high lash society is, it's not just, it isn't just one person. It's not just our avatar, right? We, we are going to have men and we are going to have, women of all different ethnicities and all that stuff. So I, I had this bougie shoot and I said like the whole thing of the campaign is just that these are like the elite people mm-hmm. in the world, the people that you want to be. And so, so from there we kind of map out 
locations and we get our makeup artistry team and we I plan the lash looks and get our educators on board with that and um, select models and that takes a while and find our photographers and then uh, shooting is usually two or three days and then the turnaround on edits is you know first one we see in about two or three weeks and then we revise it a few times and then we see it so it's a process but yeah for me you know I don't do everything in the business anymore I'm not heavily in operations or shipping or any of that stuff, but I, I'll always be heavy on the campaigns and the branding and the direction right. of the brand. So for me, it's a process, but it's like the best process. Yeah. So we talked back in May and then since then you've been on the Lashcast podcast with Paul and Tessany. And I listened to that episode and kind of talked about some realizations and just some lessons that you've learned and like started applying to your life. What are some of the biggest changes that you've made, especially in your career? I think you just kind of mentioned you're not as active in like the operational part, but what are you, I guess what I'm asking is like, what else have you, have you changed and what have you realized with everything? Yeah, I think honestly, 2018 for me was a huge year of I guess just you go and go and go and go and you can hustle for as long as you can hustle and then I got really really burnt out so like the beginning of the year was it was really hard I was traveling a ton and uh, like intercontinentally every weekend and just kind of yeah I don't know I couldn't pinpoint the moment that I broke but I I just broke and I just said like I don't have anything to give I wasn't getting inspired by anything I didn't have any ideas I was just kind of stuck in this feeling of exhaustion and I, I had put myself there and so just kind of spent some time at home and my team was like so understanding and like just take all the time you need and whatever and I just I like reconnected with my family reconnected with my kids and I'm like what do I really like what really drives me because mm-hmm. I think that sometimes we lie to ourselves and we'll say like oh well the success drives me or like I I need to do this because I'm serving you know, these lash artists and they're counting on me. And and that is true. Like I do consider myself like I'm still a service provider essentially, but it's just in a different way yeah. than actually doing lashes when I'm, I'm providing stuff for all the artists that rely on sugar lash. And I'm so happy to do it. But when, when you're feeling like this emptiness inside and you're just like, what is this doing to my spirit? I think that that's when I just kind of broke and I just said, okay, like, let's just recount all of this stuff. And so I came to those realizations that I didn't have a hobby and I didn't have time for a social life because I was too exhausted besides my like DMs on Instagram and stuff. But it's like, I knew at that point, it became really clear that it's like, I need to have some stuff that's just for me. I need to have time to like have conversations with my kids that are meaningful and watch them do their swimming and watch them do their stuff or else I'm going to just burn out and and collapse. And I I see that a lot in the industry. I feel like, you know, especially with you, Shelby, you've been in the industry for so long, Mm -hmm. you you see brands emerge and you see people that start to shake stuff up, right? And you see them rise, 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 and then they disappear. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? But I know what happened to them. They got so overwhelmed with success and they couldn't keep up and they didn't know how to scale it properly and how to get people around them to help with the demand. And so they just completely shut off. And so that was the realization that I had that I said, if I don't get some balance here, we're going to be in trouble. And I have way too many staff to get the business in trouble. So, so setting those boundaries was great. I now I ride my horse every day of the week. 
and that's my me time. So like three hours every morning, I just got home from the barn. So I'm just starting work for the day and I have awesome friends there. And, and it's, it's been really a, a really good, healthy year. And, and in all honesty, scaling back and getting those things in balance has not slowed down the company yeah. whatsoever. It's actually kept it. I feel like it's even progressed quicker because I'm yeah. just working harder, not harder. Right. And when you take care of yourself, you're kind of equipping yourself to be better able to help your company. And, and when you're better then your business is thriving too. And when you're not okay, it, it takes a hit as well, for sure. Totally. Like we, the latest course that we're launching, which is it's coming, I can talk about it now because uh, it'll be released by the time that this comes out, but mm-hmm. it's our lash style course, which I am super, super excited about. It's, it's literally just styling, nothing else. So mm-hmm. for classic artists and volume lash artists. And I got the idea for that course while I was like vacationing in Bali, just out mm-hmm. of nowhere. And, and so that course was heavily written on planes because I was in between Taiwan to Australia to Bali. So I wrote a lot of it on planes and then just sitting by the pool in Bali, just hanging out with my kids. But it was like, I wasn't feeling forced to write it. I was feeling inspired to write it and like joyful to write it. And, and it was a big difference. Yeah. And actually little known fact is that when, before I launched with Sugar Lash Pro four and a half years ago, before I launched um, a classic course and a volume course, I actually wrote a style guide first before mm-hmm. anything else. And that was actually a standalone textbook that we had. And it was just on styling and it was about measuring the eyes and all of that stuff. And so, and that was in the pink, like the branding that you remember, like yeah. the pink and black. I still have my little stuff. Guide. And so that's always, always been my passion as a lash mm-hmm. artist. And that's why at the beginning I was so successful at it. But yeah, it kind of fell to the wayside for a bit. But I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be amazing. And and with that said, you know, we always want to make sure that our courses are getting shown to as many people as possible. And that's why we take them online. So again, just just offering something that's different than, than what is already being done and, and kind of just moving it forward in a new way. But in 2018, I, I unfollowed a lot of competitors stuff. And that was just because I, I wish them well. Like, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want to be worried about what they're doing. I don't want to see something that they've done better and think, oh, crap, I'm in trouble. Yes. Here. I just want to think about my own stuff. I have an amazing team of educators. I have an amazing team of brand ambassadors you know, in-house staff that are, that are doing their job and propelling us forward anyways. And then I find that I think a lot more freely instead of um, paying attention to other people and almost being in this kind of like fear-based mindset. I unfollowed thousands of people between like all of my pages, like my personal page, our salon page, and even some of Lash Boss Radio. And I did that because I was kind of in a funk and I wanted to pull myself out of it. So I started to kind of limit what I'm you know, looking at every day and comparing myself to and and falling into this trap. So I unfollowed people as well. And I know like it might seem like, I don't know, I I think that some people take that very personally, but at the end of the day, like there's, there's businesses that they'll be following like one person or two people. And it's like the founders of the company and no one takes that personally. But when you have followed someone and then you unfollow them, people take that Mm -hmm. like very personal. And it's like, gosh, like I really just don't want to be following thousands of pages to just be sitting there scrolling all the time. I want to, you know, look up from my phone and not feel like I'm missing something. Um, so unfollowing it all kind of made me feel like I wasn't missing anything when I did hop on my phone and, and stuff. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think, 
I think that with social media, obviously we know now that, you know, the studies and stuff has been done on, on mental health. And I think, you know, whether it's business or whether it's personal, I think if it, if it's making you feel inadequate and you're opening up your social media to look at people that you admire that are too close to your industry, if they have a success, sometimes it can feel, instead of you being excited for them and happy for them, because that's how you should feel, you can almost start beating yourself up. So I think, yeah. as, I think as long as you're aware of those things, then, then yeah, then unfollowing people that aren't feeding into your mental happiness, because you don't ever want to be opening up your social media or looking at competitors in a fearful way or in a analytical way where you're feeling like you don't measure up yeah. consistently. And so for me, like I know I, I follow a lot of now instead of other other people, I follow a lot of people that use Sugar Lash Pro and that are celebrating Sugar Lash Pro yeah. and showing up our products. And so it makes me happy when I open up my right. social media feed. And for me, I don't follow other lash brands because it's, it isn't good for me. And in, more importantly, it impacts my thinking mm-hmm. instead of being free and open and positive to be thinking, what can I do to progress? Um, lash industry further or sugar lash pro further i'm thinking well, what am i do- what are they doing that i need to catch up or i need to right. do that thing and that's and that's just never good for anybody so i really think that when we can almost distance ourselves from our closest competitors not that i'm not friends with them i'm friends with you know yeah i'm james i look at page all the time and like that and her pregnancy is so cute and borbolette is moving again and that's great and i can totally celebrate it do i need to see it all the time no it's, exactly. it's not it's not impacting my life in a, in a positive way. But when I see her, I for sure catch up and, and we are fangirling over each other's successes and, and that's how it should be. Yeah. And I feel that I, I personally get inspired like by my own life and experiences and my own thoughts. And when I keep, when I get stuck in my phone for hours, just scrolling out what everyone else is doing, I, uh-huh. it's not productive. And it also makes me feel like, wait, was this my idea that I just thought of? Or like, did I get it somewhere else? Like I, you know, and there was like a year ago, I swear on my life that I was talking to like all of my family and saying I was going to do a subscription box for the lash industry and no one was doing Mm. it. And then I would think about it all the time. And it was before I even started Lash Boss Radio. And then I kind of just like let it go. And then sure enough, like two months later, the Lash Artist Box came out and um, Katie is uh, the founder of that. And she's so sweet and so amazing. And it's a brilliant idea and she's killing it. And I'm like, dang it, I should have done that. But right, it's just crazy. Like the fact that, I don't know, I don't know if I'm weird for thinking this, but it's almost like when thoughts are just like out there and in the universe and like, it's almost like, did I send that out and somebody else received it? Or is the thought that I just had something that someone else thought of? Like, it's just so wild to me, but I just try to stay off of social media a little bit more now than I used to. And just, I'm so much happier and I'm not, I don't have as much anxiety, I guess either, but yeah, Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I am with you. No, I'm the same way. I have an idea. And uh, as soon as I have it, I'm like, we need to get it out now. Because someone yes. else, like, as soon as you've thought of it, chances are someone's going to think about the same thing in like yes. two to three weeks later. Because it's just, it's just weird how it works like that. Yeah. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. And when I started the um, podcast, I was sure that no one else had done the podcast. And Paul and Tessany started theirs like a month before I did. And I had no idea. I literally thought I was the first one. And then I saw that they had one. I'm like, wait, what? Like, someone thought of this too? Like, how is that possible? But it's just, it's so funny. But anyway, we definitely went down a rabbit hole. (laughs) So 
what would you say to like a younger version of yourself or maybe an artist that aspires to be where you are? I mean, I think what I would say is that the grass isn't always necessarily greener Mm -hmm. with more success and more hires and, you know, bigger locations and all of that stuff. The risk doesn't get less. It actually gets more. And so right now, like we're, we just secured our HQ space, which is great and we needed it. And right now we're working out of a warehouse and it's not very glamorous. Mm -hmm. We secured that space. With that said, the rent on it is $60,000 a month. Mm -mm. You know what I mean? And so it's the people see, oh, well, you know, this is a huge company. It's bringing in so much money. We are bringing in a lot of money, but I have 40 staff and I, I pay, you know, 50 grand in marketing fees a, a month. And you know what I mean? Like all of that Jesus. stuff. So even though the scale is a lot bigger, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's any easier or any less stressful than what you guys are, are doing, you know, as, as lash artists or, or having a few staff. And so that's not to deter you. I think that if people have big dreams, they should totally go for it. With that said, it was never my intention for Sugar Lash Pro to get as big as it was. All that I knew was that I wanted to push the boundaries. I wanted to try new things and I wanted to develop, obviously, really high quality products and training. And I think because of my work ethic and because of the standards that I have in place for myself, it kind of just took on a life of its own and it was out of my hands. And so that's what I say when people are like, you know, did you dream about it being this big? No, I never dreamed about being this big. I'm not even sure I love how big it is, but it's it's out of my hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't slow down a good thing. And um and now I have an amazing team that that does help me balance it. But um I think you just do your best and and do and do checks along the way to say, well what will you know moving commercial they do for me or what will opening up a second location do for me. And if you're money motivated, which is completely fine if you are, then go for it if you don't care. But just know that the more success you have, there's always going to be a trade-off, right? Yeah. With your mental health and with your, you know, with risks that you have to take on. And and so it never necessarily gets any easier. It just kind of changes as you as you go on. So I think I mean, that's, does this sound really discouraging? No, no. I see. Yeah, I sound discouraging every day when I talk about owning my salon. So you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of work, right? Like, that's the thing. It's a lot of work. And just yeah. because you grow bigger doesn't mean that the work gets any lighter. It just gets yeah. different. You have different problems. Yeah, different problems. And and I would say that's my advice is just to almost stop aspiring to be something bigger because you think that will impress other people. Mm-hmm. If you want to be big and you want to grow a huge lash company or open multiple salons or whatever, because you want to in your spirit, that's what's going to make you happy, then go for it and sign up yeah. for the accelerator course. Like we've helped people go from one salon to 10 salons and, and franchise and do all that stuff. And we've helped people get so big because that's what they wanted to do. But with yeah. that said, there's so many people. And that's why at the beginning of that course, we say, what's your why? And why are you in business? What why, why are you taking on this risk of being a business owner and not having just a salary income at some other job, right? And being an employee, is it your kids? Is it your freedom? Is it, is it not working full time? You know, and we have to keep that so in check. Um, but I think a lot of people, because of social media or because of yes. um, whatever they feel this need to be bigger, but will that make you happier or will that make you more stressed? And I think just being honest with yourself yeah. is really, really, yeah, crucial. Yeah, I always call it like just moving the carrot. It's very 
dangerous. Um, if you just, once you get to a stage, if you're still not happy because you're like, oh, no, I need to do more. I need to do more. Like you're always going to be chasing that happiness that you think is right around the corner and it's never going to get there. And I, I, I did this myself and I, I've talked about this so many times on the show. And I, and I feel like it's my biggest message that I try to send to lash artists is to just enjoy the process too. Like, chase your dreams. You're going to do what you're going to do. Like everyone's meant for whatever they're meant for. And everyone has their own paths. And if you're going to do big things, you're going to do them, but you can enjoy the process too. And make sure you're taking care of yourself because it's, it'll suck your soul if you're just moving that carrot. No, totally. That's, that's absolutely right. And, and the process is never going to be, I think, I think that's the other thing too, is people expect if they're moving in the right direction, that it's going to be easy. And it's just not like, it's just the journey is always going to be this bumpy road. And uh, I think people that are, that have longevity in their careers and are able to stay current and stay um, really cutting edge are the people that are going to accept that it's a bumpy road and enjoy the process instead of letting that knock them back. So for the artists that are new, that are listening do you have any advice for them, for those that are just starting out and they kind of don't re- really know where to look and they're bombarded with a bunch of different companies and this person's using 0.20 and this person's using 15s all across the eye and this person's using 0.15 and she doesn't go longer than 11. Like, what do you feel like are some of the best practices to share with some of those new artists that are listening? Well, I would say before we get into like weight debates or how much we can extend the lashes by my golden rule for any new lash artist to avoid damaging lashes like I did when I was starting out is obviously find a good training company. But let's just training aside, you've been trained with whoever you're trained with, know the signs of stress. And so when we look at natural lashes, you know, if you put on a lash in the appointment and that natural lash like dips or bows at all or goes to the side, that's an immediate sign of it being mm-hmm. stressed. And then in the fills, looking at the growth patterns, right, are, do you see all three stages of growth? Do you see new growth and intermittent growth and, and mature lashes in there? And if there's any signs of those missing, it can be a sign that you're causing traction alopecia or those lashes are too heavy and they're pulling out natural lashes prematurely. And so that's what we teach our students because there's always, there's no set rule for weights and and lengths, but you need to know individually for each client when you've taken stuff too far. And then just being honest with them to say, you know, your lashes are looking a little bit stressed. I used my best judgment on how, you know, thick and long we could go, but they're looking a little bit stressed. So I'm going to start scaling these back a little bit, just so you know, and having that conversation with them and being really forthright because damaging people's lashes or letting them have a bad experience is never good for the industry as a whole. So I could care less who you've trained with or what products you use. If you take one little bit of information, that is the one to take to just be a lash artist with integrity and, and just be checking yourself, right? Don't, don't go on your pedestal to say, you know, I've never made a mistake. We all make mistakes. No one expects us to be perfect. And there's always going to be people's lashes that are going to break the mold and not going to be able to handle what you think that they can handle or Mm -hmm. vice versa. I have tiny little, I have like six millimeter lashes and I can wear 13, 14 fine. But if they went to a lash artist that was like, absolutely not, that would annoy me. I'd be like, well, let's just try it and see. So I think just being open to experimenting, I guess, and, and figuring out stuff on your own. I think that's Trigger Lash Pro stance as a whole as a company is that we want to give people such good foundational information and have them understand the theory and have them understand the signs of stress and, you know, parameters to a certain extent. But I never want to limit someone 
in their styling or limit someone in this because everyone should be free to move and experiment and try different stylings and do all that stuff on their own in a safe way. Does that make sense? Instead of creating these little cookie cutter, I don't want cookie cutter lash artists. I want lash artists that are like, that I'm like, shit, that's super cool. What you did with that, I would have never thought of that because Mm -hmm. they had the foundational information to play around and, and do it in a confident way. Right. Love that. And then the other thing to tell them is just to sign up for our courses. I mean, yeah. our courses are all great. We just launched our live courses. We never did live before. We only did online. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're offering live courses, but we're doing it with online together. And so people will do Ooh. the full online course before they get to the program. Because live courses, when it's just two days, in my opinion, are super stressful. Because yeah. And you, you show up half the time and the instructor is just reading for the textbook for six hours. Yeah. through theory and it it always annoyed me and so we decided to merge them together so now we have the online programs that students do they get a practice kit at home with their mannequin heads so they can practice their isolation and their adhesive control and their fan making and then when you show up to your two-day class you already have all of these fundamentals practiced and you can just spend that time actually immersed in hands-on and getting tweaked and and corrected by your instructors so that you leave feeling encourage and then we, we we have that time then to tackle fills and consultations and all that stuff that you actually are going to need to run your business outside of those walls so we have that and the lash style course and the accelerator program and I mean I, I feel really really proud of what Sugar Lash is doing yeah education wise it's been on the back burner for a while but what it's coming to the forefront now All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today with Courtney and I. If you would like to sign up for any of their trainings or shop any of their products, you can do so by clicking the link in the show notes below. You can also keep up with them on Instagram at SugarLashPro. Please let me know what you thought of this episode and I will see you back very soon with the next one.